Hi, my name is Brittany, and I am a people pleaser. Yes, you heard me correctly. Your coach is a people pleaser. I am not proud of that, even though I just sounded proud of that. I am not proud of that. Um, my very first instinct is to people please. Boundaries in the word no were, and when I'm not careful, still are foreign concepts to me. And you may be wondering why I'm talking about people pleasing um, on a peace and empowerment uh, podcast, but it's because people pleasing is public enemy number one. Its sole mission is to steal our peace. And it's the engine that keeps the entertainment industry running. So when I say people pleasing, I mean doing everything you possibly can to please others at the detriment of yourself usually. You are willing to put yourself out there to do things, to always say yes to things in search of something. So to people please really is to train yourself to believe that you have no value, that you have no worth, that you have no agency or power or needs of your own or wants of your own. So to people please is to completely abandon yourself. When you people please, you are putting yourself to the side and saying that my needs, my wants, I don't matter in this moment. What matters is this person and their needs and their wants. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do that. Which is ironic because we people please to prevent others from abandoning us. We people please so that others value us and deem us worthy and deem us, you know, powerful and anoint us. But the actual act of people pleasing says that we don't deserve those things. We're doing those things to get something that we ultimately don't feel like we deserve. And that is why we're people pleasing. So it's a very strange cycle that is born out of trauma and fear and broken trust, usually during childhood. So we're going to go back in the past. I know everyone's like, oh God, everything doesn't happen in childhood. In my humble opinion, it does. That is where our ideas about ourselves are formed. That is where our neuropathways are formed. That is when we are the most impressionable. That is when we are learning how society works, how our family works, how our place in the world works, um, how people respond to us, how we respond to others. So it's a very important time in our lives. And people pleasing is usually an interesting res uh, response to trauma that we may have faced in childhood. It is a lie that we took from our childhood it is a story that we told ourselves due to what was going on in our surroundings. So let's say you couldn't trust your family to be there for you physically or emotionally, or they were hot and cold, or your parents were emotionally or physically unavailable, or they were mean and unpredictable and straight up neglectful. So you couldn't trust their love or that they cared on a fundamental level. You had to damn near be perfect to get a shred of recognition and even that might have come with some criticism. You followed your gut and maybe got in trouble. So you can't trust yourself. And anything that happened outside of your household just confirmed your beliefs and watered the seeds of mistrust that came from inside of your household. So you learn to adjust, you learn to read the signs, you learn to set aside yourself, you learn to be what everyone else needed you to be, because then you could be at peace. So you've always been seeking peace, but you've been seeking it out of fear instead of out of the want to 
be more joyful, the want to be yourself and to be authentic, you are seeking it out of fear. And that is what people pleasing does. It, it causes us to think and be and live in this place of fear and to always placate the people around us so that we are safe, so that we, you know, can go about living our lives, so that we can keep our area, our bubble from popping. So to people please is to be afraid constantly. I mean, I can speak to that. When I people please, I'm coming out of place of fear. I literally am so afraid of not pleasing that other person that I'm willing to drop everything, including myself, including my morals and my values and sometimes um, to do what the other person wants me to do. So there's a lot of if then scenarios that come with people pleasing and it comes from a place of living in fear. You know, if I stay in my room, then I won't be abused. If I don't speak up, then they won't reject me. If I'm perfect, then they'll they'll like me. And that's a big one for me. I constantly straddle the line of trying to be perfect so that people like me. I have this deep seated fear and story that I tell myself that people don't like me. I am not a likable person. And the only time people tend to like me, and I'm sure at some point in my childhood, this was the case, or a story that I came up with based on what was happening around me, if I'm not doing something good, if I'm not being quote unquote the good girl, if I'm not out of the way and doing what I'm supposed to be and not causing more chaos and havoc, then people will like me. Then I'll get the gold star. Then I'll feel valuable and worthy and validated, et cetera, et cetera. Or if I never say no, then they'll promote me. That's a big one in the industry. It's the if I do this, then something will happen in my in my favor. And if I don't do this, if I say no, if I tell them I'm tired and I can't do this, if I tell them, you know, give me a minute, then negative consequences. If I do something for me, there are only negative consequences. I will only be met with negativity. I'll be met with dislike. I'll be met with hate. I'll be met with demotion. I'll be met with, you know, disappointment, etc. And that is why people pleasing is a lie. And anything that is a lie, anything that is opposite of the truth is opposite of peace because peace is what? Truth. Peace is truth. So when I was interning, I just moved out to LA and it was before actually a summer program I was doing uh, or a fall program I was doing with my college. I got a couple internships and I was in the mindset that, you know, I'm starting out in this, this business that you have to break into. The only way I'm going to do that is if I hustle, 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 work, 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 you know, make this internship my life. And then maybe you'll parlay into a job and then maybe I'll be able to, you know, open doors and yada, 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 the whole thing, you know. And I did the internship. And while I was doing the internship, a lot was going on in my actual life. You know, my living situation in LA was a hot mess. <laughs> it was a hot mess. It was bad. It was just not good. A lot of things were unstable in my personal life, but I was not allowing myself to um, let that get in the way of the internship. And while that's not a bad thing, you know, I separated, I compartmentalized. I was doing a lot of things at the detriment to myself because I thought this internship was so important. So even though my life was pretty much falling apart in my real life, I was still breaking my neck to work hard at this internship. I was not letting on that, you know, I needed time and rest and just moments to really figure out what was going on. No, I was showing up. I was saying yes to everything. I was making it work. I was running around town. I was was 
you know, neglecting my needs. I wasn't eating. Like I was doing a lot of things for the sake of this internship that I thought was going to do something for me. If I do this, if I just hunker down and I forget about what I need and do everything that my internship boss needs, then something's going to happen. I don't really know what it is. And it actually hasn't even been promised to me, but I was told that these things open doors. And at the end of that internship, after all of the, the chaos that I went through in that internship, and while I learned a lot, I did, the one thing that, that really rubbed me the wrong way was that my boss said, you never said no. You were an amazing intern because you never said no. And while that was a compliment, I know it was, and I know the intention behind that statement was amazing. It rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, holy crap, I never said no. Like, wow. It didn't It didn't hit me in the way I think it was intended. I was not proud of that. It made me actually quite upset that someone said that and it, it has rubbed me the wrong way until this day and has really actually been pivotal in my course of finding peace. And then another person, when I was leaving another job, another word that came up was you are dependable. Again, that is a great word. Like being dependable is a good thing. That's a good trait to have. But when I looked back at what I did to earn that title, it rubbed me the wrong way. It was the same thing. You never say no. You were always there. You were always there when we needed you. You were fully committed to the job. We could depend on you. We could give you the hard stuff. We could. We knew you were going to carry it. We knew you were good under pressure. We knew you weren't going to complain about it. We knew you weren't going to say anything about it. You were dependable. And all this to say, you should really pay attention to the people you're pleasing. Like, what are they saying about you? What are the people you're pleasing saying about you? And does it align with who you truly are and who you want to be in peace? So yes, sure. Never saying no and being dependable are essentially good traits, but they really didn't align with who I was. I don't want to be someone who never says no. I don't want to be someone who's like spineless and always does what everyone wants. That means I'm living fully in my trauma. I'm living fully in fear. I don't want to be dependable all the time. Like, yes, I think it's great to be reliable and dependable, but I don't want to be that person that they're like, hey, calling me at 3 a.m. being like, we need this to happen. And I get up and I do it and they... You know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to perceive me as something that I ultimately don't really benefit from because while they're saying I'm reliable and dependable, I'm at home bawling my eyes out and not getting enough sleep and, you know, losing a bunch of weight and crying to my parents all the time or calling home and crying to my mom all the time and, you know, not seeing friends. And so what are people saying about you? Are the people that you are pleasing, are they telling you things that are pleasing? Are they seeing you in the right way? And a big part of that is being self-aware and swallowing that hard pill of, we teach people who we are. We teach people how to treat us. So I, again, their intentions were positive and likely, you know, compliment, you know, complimentary. They thought they were saying something complimentary, but I trained them to tell me that. I showed them that that's what I wanted to be and when I heard it reflected back to myself a mission accomplished you know you did it so one you do have the power to treat tell people who you are that just goes to show that you have the power to show how you know to show up in the way that you want to show up but are you showing up in the way that you really really want to show up what are people saying about you are you the person who never says no? Are you the dependable person? Are you the person like, oh, there's Sharon. She's always at her desk. You know, you've been hearing this a lot. Uh, you know, there's a movement of anti-hustle culture. Like, why do you have to be the first one in and the last one out? 
to show that you're a hard worker. If you get your work done and you do a stellar job between 10 and three, like, honey, go home. <laughs> like, we don't need to be there all the time. So again, pay attention to what people are saying about you. And is it what you want them to say? We train people. If you want to be a director and you're killing yourself in, as an assistant and people are like, she's an amazing assistant. He's an amazing assistant. But they're not saying, oh, and you're also an amazing director. You're training them to see you as an amazing assistant. So if you want them to promote you to director, you need to get out there and tell people I'm a director. I'm doing this, you know, to become a director and then start presenting yourself in the right way because a lot of times especially in the industry we keep our mouth shut we are the assistant we are the manager you know we work our way up we find ourselves working our way up in in areas of like huh I'm getting promoted this is great but this isn't what I want to do they're 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 rewarding me for behavior and and things that I don't necessarily really even want to be rewarded for I'm just doing it and I'm stuck in this loop of if then so I'm going to take us down a quick rabbit hole of the Devil Wears Prada because I think the Devil Wears Prada is an excellent example of how people pleasing is a slippery slope, but also doesn't really lead to anything in the end. And everyone's definition of, you know, success and all of that is different. But when it comes to peace, which I think is the ultimate success, the Devil Wears Prada is a really great example of what the whole cycle of people pleasing to peace really looks like. So we all know Andy. Andy starts off this kind of what we'll call dowdy in the eyes of fashion. She wants to be a writer. She comes in bright eyed, bushy tailed, and she thinks that in order to get this writing job, she needs to be an intern at this fancy fashion magazine, and that will open doors for her to be a writer. So she comes in and she doesn't quite fit into the culture. You know, she has a bit more integrity than everyone else. She doesn't look like everyone else. She's quote unquote the fat girl, all of these things. And it really strips of her of her peace. She has like an identity crisis of like, why am I not fitting in here? You know, I'm not like these girls. I, you know, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. She knows this in the beginning. And a lot of times this is important to point out because a lot of times we know something about ourselves in the beginning, but we think that because it doesn't fit what we're, what we think is supposed to happen, we think we're wrong or that we're crazy. So essentially Andy went around the world to get back to what she already knew in the beginning, but we'll put a pin in that. So she at the end she ends up getting this you know the the dream writing job that she always wanted but in truth if she hadn't left Miranda she would not have gotten that job if she hadn't you know thrown her phone in the fountain and left and been like screw this she would have never gotten that writer's job because Miranda would have always seen her as her assistant Miranda, again, when we show our, who we are, people don't want us to change because we've done such a good job in that thing. So Miranda was always going to want Andy to work for her. She was always going to want Andy to stay in that place. And it was until Andy chucked the phone was she was like, I'm over this. I'm actually going to go pursue the thing I wanted, like go a more direct route <laughs> and blame what I want. She was never she was always just going to be Miranda's assistant. So she got that because she quit people pleasing. She got the job that she wanted because she quit, not because she kept playing the game. And look at what she lost while she was playing the game. You know, she lost her peace. She lost her identity. She lost her integrity. She we didn't really see her writing the entire time that she was working for Miranda. Like she was constantly all over the place, running around, not getting enough sleep. She was never really writing and building her portfolio and doing the thing that she said she got in the industry 
or she took this internship to do. Her relationship suffered. You know, even her mentor, Nigel, Stanley Tucci's character, who he, who he loves, Stanley Tucci, um, he didn't even get what he wanted. And he represented the life. You know, he was Andy's people-pleasing mentor. He represented playing the game to get what you want. And he told her, you know, if you don't work hard, if you don't change, you know, she had that big wardrobe change, cut her hair, everything. If you don't change, if you don't become exactly what Miranda wants, you'll never win. And he fully believed that, like that he embodied this idea of people pleasing, of changing to get what you want. And in the end, when he's passed over for the job, you know, to be the boss of the the magazine partner or whatever, it just showed that that facade crumbled. That was an illusion. Like he was never safe either. He played the game. He told Andy to play the game and he didn't even get the thing he wanted. And in fact, he kind of left without his dignity too. Like the game played him and ultimately Andy's the only one who leaves with her integrity still intact because she knows like what happened was shady and was wrong and that you don't really get anything out of playing the game. And I don't have to play this game. I, I'm, I've convinced myself that I'm going to get something out of it. But what I've all I've gotten is loneliness and, you know, I'm just pouring into this empty vat of Miranda. She'll never be pleased with me. She'll never compliment me. She'll never be happy. She is a bottomless pit of narcissism, frankly. Even Emily Blunt's character didn't get what she wants. She was another representation of playing the game and she gets hit by what, a car or like a bus or something? <laughs> and not to say that if you people please, you'll get hit by a bus, but you will be hit by an emotional bus. Like you will be drained and exhausted and essentially, cooped up in the hospital because <laughs> you were tired. So all of the characters that symbolize playing the game, even Miranda was going to get fired. And she was the, oh, even more than Stanley Tucci's character, she was the, she was the it thing. She was the prize. And even she gets, she's on the chopping block. So all of this to say, people pleasing doesn't really get you anything. Again, you're trying to feel, fill this void of, trying to feel safe or trying to feel liked or loved or validated or you'll get something out of it. But what you really get out of it is, I don't know, that pause was like me really trying to, <laughs> that pause was like, I really don't know what you get out of it. <laughs> I guess you get a pat on the back that gives you a hit of dopamine for like a second and then you're back to people pleasing. I guess you could get a new job, you know, you could get the thing, you can climb the ladder, but again at what expense like are you climbing the ladder and do you still have your peace can you still find joy do you even have time to find peace and joy or are you tethered or have you created this box that people expect from you now that you're living in and have you created your own bear trap like what do you really gain out of it and I will actually say that what you do gain out of it is wisdom not to do it anymore <laughs> A lot of times life, you know, just like anything in life, it's here to teach us who we really are. It's to push us into peace. It's to push us into authenticity. You cannot put your stake in these external things. People pleasing is an illusion. It is a lie. It's a lie. It tells you that you don't deserve, again, to be worthy and validated in your own right, that you are not inherently those things. And so what you gain is wisdom. The more you people please, the more tired you will get, the more exhausted you will get, the closer you'll hit rock bottom and you'll look back and you'll have a ton of wisdom of, okay, that wasn't it for me. The things people said about me, that wasn't it. That's not really who I am. So while people pleasing is a very painful 
process to have to go through. I mean, if you're a people pleaser, you're just gonna ha you have to go through it and learn that it sucks. You know, people like me hopefully will ep expedite that for you and let you know it just sucks. Like you're not gonna get anything. Like you're not the first person that's gonna get anything. Like you're not gonna beat the system. So you might as well stop now. But at the same time, you're gonna have to learn that on your own and you're gonna have to keep this, you know, in the back of your mind every time you think about it because that really is what healing is about. Like I still, like I said, my instinct is to still people please. Like every time I have the opportunity to people please, my instinct is to people please. But my healing and my peace journey tells me, let's have a conversation about this, Brittany. Before you answer that text, before you answer that email, before you lay yourself on the line, Let's have a conversation. Let's take a let's take a beat, as they say. What are you getting out of this? Why are you doing this? Why do you feel the need to do this? What do you really want to do? What do you need to do in this moment? That's what healing is having this conversation. It's about slowing down your reaction time. It's about understanding that you are working at a place of trauma or that you are triggered or it, it allows you to really suss out what's going on. It gives you the awareness to suss out what's happening so that you can make better decisions so that you can do things that are more in alignment with who you are and not out of fear and not out of reaction and not out of being triggered and not out of anger or whatever. So yes, I'm still presented with the opportunity to people please all the time. But now I'm like, okay, but what do I really want to do here? I really don't want to do this. I'm sorry, I really don't want to do this. And I don't have to feel guilty about not wanting to do this. So I can set some boundaries now. So the word no is a bit less foreign to me. It's still a work in progress. I still may feel certain things when I say no. But I know that I have a weapon and that weapon is discernment and that weapon is awareness and that weapon is understanding that I'm allowed to have wants and needs. So I want us all to really open up our journals, hell, open up our mouths and ask ourselves, you know, why am I people pleasing? Why am I forfeiting my peace again? Now is as good a time as any to stop.